Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Go first, and Judy, how can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. First time caller. Um, we're thinking about building uh, Pier and Beam. We grew up in Pier and Beam homes, so we're quite used to the crawl space underneath and all. Mm-hmm. But we want to build a, a basement slash storm cellar underneath what probably would be the top of our utility room. Okay. Or maybe like a 10 by, I, I'm not sure, 10 by 8 or 9, something like that. And uh, I've met nothing but uh, criticism over that. And it's, um, I, what is your opinion well, a lot of people will say, oh, we can't do basements here because of the water table and the soils and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's all bunk. I, if you go back into the houses that were built in the late 1800s, almost all of them had a, a cellar like that under them. Uh, it was normally under the kitchen area because they'd store their you know, uh, potatoes and stuff like that down there. But it, it uh, served also as a storm shelter at the same time. So can it be done? Absolutely. It's expensive, okay, well, though. Oh, it is. Yes. I don't want a fireplace. I gave up the fireplace for a basement. We have a lot of wind on our hill, and we've had two barns blown away already. So yep. uh, I, the storm cellar slash basement I wanted. Our soil is a clay-based soil. Sure. Uh, most of uh, the land around here is black. But uh, this particular place where we wanted it is uh, uh, is uh, clay. Uh, and my mother had, uh, they uh, moved into a house that had a basement underneath it. And it, I don't know what you call those two-hole brick things. Uh, two-hole bricks. Oh, That's you're talking about the blocks? Basement. Yes, blocks. Yeah, cinder blocks, yeah. Cinder blocks, yes, okay. Well, uh, that's what their basement was made of. Uh-huh. We had no trouble with mold. It it might have smelt a little uh, musty, but not much. Yeah. Um, and we went to it many times when the weather was bad. But I don't want. I I don't know if you put rock behind that uh, cedar blocks or you do. How do you, you do. So if you're gonna if you want to build a basement, what you would do is the you dig down to where you're going to want to put it and you put a rock layer first that drains out into the edges um, where you'll have a French drain that okay. is deeper than the foundation is. Then you can build your uh, walls coming up and they can either be cast in place or you can use block. If you use block, you need to fill them with concrete as you come up. Uh, okay. And then, and then uh, on the outside of that, you'll put a waterproof membrane. Okay. Then you'll fill it with oh uh, about twelve inches wide of gravel, pea gravel, that's wrapped in fabric as okay. you come up. And what that does is it captures all the water that's moving through the soil. It hits uh-huh. that gravel, runs down to that French drain, and can be pumped out. Okay. And with okay. that, you wouldn't have a moisture issue with the, with the basement. Okay. 
All right. Well, her house was built in 52, and as far as I know to this day, there's been no problem. So that's probably what they did. Yep, um, that's that's the way they all used to be built. Uh, we we thought we got smarter and, and started changing it, and that's when we started having problems. Okay. <laughs> um, you don't have any uh, – I mean, I've talked to a couple of contractors, and uh, they just um, poo-pooed my idea. That's you because don't they don't do basements. There, There is – and I was uh, while we've been talking, I was looking for his card. Uh, I did run into a guy who – all he does is basements, and well, uh, here in I Texas, mean. and but I don't I don't know what I did with his card. I don't have it in my card stuff here. But yes, there there are contractors who specialize in doing basements in Texas. Uh, we, we just have to hunt one down. Uh, I only I've only heard of a couple of them, and normally I see them like when I go to trade shows and stuff. Okay. Well, my idea was not to go down if the uh, if the ceilings was uh, nine ten foot, or if the cellar was nine or ten foot deep. I wouldn't go down that deep in the ground. I would have some, you know, the upper part out, and then the sure. house would go on top of it. And okay. and we would, it, it was it's usable area. I mean, the top of it would be usable area for a house. And, uh, uh, you know, the utility room or kitchen, like you said. Yeah. Uh, that's the way my mom's was. It just happened to be on top. The cellar was underneath her utility room. And, uh, but anyway, well, you gave me some ideas then. Uh, you, you, uh, and I'll just have to uh, check. Uh, more. Uh, okay. Here's a number you can call. Okay. It's 214. Okay. 548. Six nine four nine. Okay. And uh, that's the Basement Kings, and they specialize in doing nothing but basements. Okay. Okay. I will give them a call. Alrighty. I Good sure luck do. With Thank that. you. I enjoy your program. Let's head up to Frisco, David. This, how can I help you? Uh, we're going to be building a house in the next two years, and. All the kids seem to have my allergies, tree and grass pollens. We would like to put in an air filtration system that uh, is like a semiconductor clean room. <laughs> I don't know what that would cost. But uh, wh- how has the technology been in the last 10 years? Has it moved forward without air filtration? Uh, what We're willing to spend the money because of the the grass pollens and tree pollens. Sure. Uh, well, I, I tell you, it really has moved forward, uh, and especially during the the COVID time, because uh, people were concerned. Hey, can I get a filtration system that will filter out COVID uh, and the bacterias and all that kind of stuff? So where we used to, you know, original filter systems were trying to catch uh, pet hair and stuff like that. Then it got down to where. They were trying to capture the pollens and things. I mean, they're, they are literally filtering out and killing off bacterias and stuff now. And so, yes, filtration systems have greatly advanced. Good. Uh, where, where would I begin my search? Uh, well, actually, if you want to research it before you have something done, is that what you're talking about? Well, we... We 
want the uh, architectural firm to write this up into the into the design. Uh, actually, your AC contractor would be the one who would do that for you. Oh, they would? Okay. Yep. Because it's just part of the air conditioning system. And they're they're very much aware some of these top ac companies are very much aware of oh the top the top guys are very much aware uh the mom and pop not as much okay good then i'll start with them uh good uh i'm glad it's moved forward Uh, i know there's a lot of smart home things that have happened over the last 10 years and uh my my focus is on lighting and air Yep, yep. So, uh, thank you for your show. You bet. Uh, and if uh, I, if you have questions along the way, by all means, give us a holler. Okay, Jim. You take care and have a great weekend. You as well. Take care. This comes from Helen in Denton, and she says, Hello, Jim. Please advise contractor installed cedar post on patio with a roof, but highly exposed to weather elements. Today we removed some decorative planks and the core wood has water damage. Pretty bad. Once the wood is replaced and nailed and caulked, plus a good paint, what can we do to put an extra layer of protection? Or should we consider a full cover-up with a decorative column cover? Appreciate your advice. Look, if, if you got wood outside that... Uh, is like you just said painted and caulked and sealed and everything or you put a product like ready seal on wood that you want to keep looking natural you've protected it you've done what needs to be done to protect it look at how old homes can get that are kept painted Uh, what kills it is when you don't get everything painted you don't repaint you don't keep it sealed you know with like uh, with the caulking and stuff like that that's where you'll start running into problems. So I think you've done everything that you need to do, Helen. I don't. I would not lose really any sleep over doing a bunch of other stuff trying to protect it. Uh, you always need to keep an eye on it, and if you see that you know something is starting to flake or the caulking is drying out and shrinking, then you want to redo it. But you know, on caulking as a as a good example. What you buy for caulk can make a big difference uh, because you can get a you know three to five year caulk or you can get a thirty five fifty years you know things like that. I always buy the longer the higher you know thirty five and fifty year products simply because I know they're not going to last that long in Texas, but I get fifteen twenty twenty five years out of them uh i've I've been in the house I'm in right now for 19 years oh no i guess i've been in here 20 years already um anyways uh when i bought it you know when and caulked everything in and and did all that i used a good 50 year uh material and i still i'm still not having to redo everything so it does make a difference that's where you can get the longer time uh don't don't buy the cheaper stuff caulking and you won't have a an issue with it we're gonna head over into uh dallas and uh james this is jim how can i help you hey sir uh thanks for taking the call thanks for all you do for us you i'm curious about um building a a uh, steel 
building for a shop versus a concrete block and okay. uh, any advantages, disadvantages, uh, uh, insulation, things like that. Well, are you going to air condition it? <sighs> Not initially. Okay. You will find that the steel building will be substantially less expensive. That's that's going to be the, the biggest thing. Uh, if you do a block building, uh, both of them can be insulated. Um, and the reason I was asking if you're going to uh, air condition it is, you really don't want to do insulation if you're not going to insulate. If you're not going to, I'm, I'm sorry, you don't want to do insulation if you're not going to air condition. So uh, on a steel building, for instance, uh, if you want to use it without air conditioning, uh, I would recommend you use the bubble wrap radiant barrier. And what I do on my buildings is uh, after the framework is up, but before they put the steel sheathing on, I have them install that bubble wrap on it. And you'll find that that'll drop the temperature in there about 15 degrees from what it is outside. Wow. And so that uh, that in itself, in most cases, makes it where you don't need insulation or air conditioning to, to be comfortable. Uh, okay. But as far as in the, the foundation, is it is there any difference in the thickness of the concrete foundation? No, no. It's still you got your perimeter beam and then four inch concrete uh, between. Now, depending on what size a, a building and what you're going to use it for, uh, when I built my shop that I use for my office, uh, instead of uh, just four inch concrete, I've got five and six inch in between because I knew I was going to be running forklifts on it and stuff like that, and so I wanted it a little heavier than than just the four inch concrete. But for normal, the four inches is plenty. But you got to have your perimeter beam and cross beams. And okay. normally what I'll do is a waffle slab, so you've got a, a cross beam every 10 feet. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. All right, let's head to Jersey Village. Randy, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, sir, Jim. Uh, I've, got a, I've got something that's puzzling me. Uh, in my garage on the slab, on the slab, I'm having a white chalky substance coming up, and it's in a straight line all the way across my garage. Uh-huh. And, it's, and I had my I had my house uh, major foundation work. I had forty three piers put in it, and it and, and uh, since, since the foundation work, this this has come up. And and I was not, was asked you is that something that maybe can be uh, uh, tied to the foundation work or what it is? It's a white chalky substance. And I, I can sweep it away, and yep. and, and, and weeks later, it, it forms again. Do you have any idea what that could be? Yeah, it's it's called effervescence, and basically, it's moisture uh, getting into the concrete that causes a chemical reaction. And as the concrete actually gets older, it, uh, this becomes a little more prevalent. Uh, you can have it in new concrete, but usually, it's happening in concrete that's in the 30 plus year range how old a, how old a structure is this uh 1975 yep uh and so basically what happened was there was on the typically it's something was on the rock that's in the concrete mix 
And as this stuff is aged and moisture is getting into it, it allows this effervescence to grow. Now, there are some things that uh, can be applied that can help with it, uh, but it doesn't necessarily eliminate it. But one of the bigger causes that you got to look for is, is there places around the foundation that have standing water or has the soil come up higher than the slab b- bottom? Uh, in other words, you know, around the perimeter, you got a beam. But the, yeah, but the four-inch part, which spans between the beams, uh, if if the yard work yard gets uh, the dirt gets higher than the bottom of that four-inch concrete, mm-hmm. it a lot of times will start doing this. And so sometimes it's a matter of having to regrade the yard and bring the, the soil back down again. Okay. Okay. Well, I, actually, I have noticed some places where there, the dirt is up uh, almost almost to the slab, so that's probably my problem right there. Yep. Yeah, that, that'll definitely cause it. And what happens is, you know, we, we mow the yard and the clippings stay in the yard and it, they, they decay and it just slowly builds up. Uh, the soil height over the years. And, and that's the reason normally this is something that happens to places that are over 30 years old. Um, now, uh, there are some products, like I said, you can put on it. There's uh, QuickCrete makes a product that can go on it. Uh, and so does a company called Deitch Coatings. Uh, both of them will tell you up front, it's not a cure-all, but it does help eliminate a lot of it. And uh, is is it in the air conditioned space or just in the garage? No, it's just on the slab on the slab on my garage floor. It, yep. it's in a straight line. It's a straight line all the way across the garage. Yeah, because it's it's probably following some hairline crack in the, in the concrete, which all concrete has that. No big deal. But yeah, that that's more than likely all it is. Okay, so I, you know, my first thought was take some bleach or something. I thought it was like a fungus or something, and I was getting ready to bleach it. Yeah, but that. That wouldn't do any good then. Nope, that, that that'll buy you that same week. Oh, before before okay. it grows back. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, who was the, who are the people again? You said the contact. Uh, Quickcrete makes a product for it. Okay, and, and a company called Deitch Coatings. And uh, Deitch Coatings, I, I find, uh, actually has a really good product for it. Uh, that's one that you would have to actually order. And you can go on their website. It's Deitch, D-A-I-C-H, coatings.com. D-A-I-C-H. Okay, I will do. You bet. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And, uh, you know, when we get into wet years, this becomes a lot more prevalent. When we go into drier years, it'll tend to scale down a little bit. But the next time it's wet, it's going to be even worse. Uh, because the soil has raised a little higher and the moisture is able to travel a little easier because as the soil dries out, it'll get hairline and and sometimes even not hairline, big cracks in it that allows the moisture to travel. So it is definitely moisture related. Mark in Pearland, how can I help you? Yes, sir. I'm building a beach house down at Surfside and uh, contracting it all out myself. And uh, I just had some questions about insulating underneath. Is it better to use a spray-in foam or, uh, or the, whatever it's called? 
Yeah, you don't want to use fiberglass or cellulose or anything because it holds moisture against the wood, and it's been a, a real problem because the new codes call for insulation underneath. Use a spray foam closed cell. That way it doesn't take on moisture, uh, and it still meets the energy codes as far as insulation. So that would probably be good to use in the whole house down there. In that particular market, it is... Uh, Yes. And then another guy told me after get the house built and everything, and, and I, he asked me what kind of flooring I was going to use. And I'm uh, I, after Harvey, I used this uh, laminate waterproof uh, floor that you put down, and it kind yeah. of just locks in place. You can kind of do it yourself. Yep. But uh, he said if I use that down there, it holds moisture, won't let the floor breathe, and that kind of thing. You think that's true? Well, when you put that spray foam underneath, it's not going to be able to breathe anyways. Okay. So it'd probably be okay. Yep. Let's head to spring. And Greg, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. I got a question about the, the soaker hoses. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm 66 years old, so I'm only going to dig so deep. So what's my minimum on that? Oh, in my instructions that I have, I tell people two to six inches, two to eight. You know, oh, okay. any, anything is fine. It doesn't have to be real deep. How far out? Uh, 12 to 18 inches, but if you got to go a little further to go around bushes or something like that, that's yeah. fine as well. But that's just the general rule yeah. of thumb. Yep. Uh, I mean, the, the whole you know, purpose I, is to put a, a moist ring around the foundation. Right. And I didn't know if it did, you know, if you better to go deep, but, you know, I don't know, in about 30 minutes or so a day, or what, what do you think about it? You know, my hose has that little old restrictor in it, you know? Yeah, you need to pull that out and get rid of it, because those things don't work worth a darn. Okay, uh, what do you use? Just turn it down lower? No, put know, a pressure regulator on it. Uh, okay. They've got them that, you, that can screw onto the, the hose bib, just like a water right. hose does. Drop that pressure down to 20, something in that range, and okay. it'll balance out and give you even water dispersal. Okay, now is Home Depot going to have those valves and I just didn't see them? Possibly? At certain times of the year they do, other times they don't. Well, it's a good time of year for us, so maybe yep. they do. Unless now, if they don't, else. Yep. if they don't, you can go to like landscape stores like Ewing and okay. uh, Longhorn. They typically have them as well. You know, I know I can look it up on the internet, and it's just a just a flow restrictor, water restrictor. Correct. Yeah, I'll see a picture. I know what I'm looking for, so that'll work. All right, Jim, well, I and, appreciate and, that. And you know, the whole reason for burying it is is twofold. One, when they're sitting on the surface, you lose about twenty percent of the water to evaporation, so it doesn't need to be deep. Uh, and the other reason is so because you're keeping it twelve to eighteen inches away from the foundation. It gets you know moved every time you got to mow and stuff, and doesn't get put back, and so it just rest assures that it's where it needs to be and and yeah. saving as much water uh, as possible. Oh, and you oh. asked about how much time to run it. Yeah, uh, yeah on the instructions, I have start with fifteen minutes twice a day, so seven in the morning, seven in the evening, and then okay. once once a quarter, go out and check the soil. Uh, you know, if, if you can stick a screwdriver or a piece of rebar mm -hmm. in the soil and pull it out and, and it's a little moist, perfect. 
If you pull it out and you get a slurpy sound, it's too wet. And if you can't poke it in the ground, it's too dry. Well, I have a sprinkler system. I'm running a couple times a week now. I'm trying not to, but I'm having to. You know, and it does water around there also. So, you know, but but I'm... But the problem with the sprinkler systems are they are designed to water the top three inches of soil. Yeah. The drip irrigation or the soaker hoses, when they're buried that way, are are letting the water soak down up to five, six, seven feet deep in the ground, and that's yeah. that's the active zone of the soil. Well, you know, I don't mind a couple of inches, two or three inches. I can handle yeah. I got a pick. You know, I just rake a hole. You know, I ain't scared. Yep. But uh, but I appreciate that, Jim. And uh, so so about okay, about straight about fifteen minutes a day. Twice a day, seven minutes each time. Uh, seven in the morning, seven in the evening. Yeah. Right. Twice a day. Okay. Just yep. like I take my medicine, Jim. Yes, there sir. you go. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you. Take very care. Much. All right. Bye. Oh, uh, by the way, if you go to our website, thipro.com, you will actually find there is a video there of the do it yourself irrigation system. And honestly, if you have not, started watering your foundation yet you're behind the curve for this year we are in a year that's going to be a drought and they're talking a bad drought uh and you need to get ahead of that curve so if you haven't started watering yet you need to get that started tommy welcome to texas home improvement well thank you for taking my call i appreciate it as always uh, I've got a question. You were talking about the uh, uh, irrigation system a little bit ago, and uh, I had to leave the phone for a few minutes, so hopefully you didn't answer this question. Uh, is there an easy way? I've got a, a sidewalk uh, leading up to a step, about a five-foot step to my front door. Uh-huh. Is there any way, uh, easy way of tunneling under that to put that root barrier, you know, put the holes through there under, oh, under that? Uh, go around the steps. And then where you get to the sidewalk, uh, if yes, you'll sir. take a piece of, uh, oh, like one-inch PVC pipe. Yes, sir. You can uh, hook it. They make an app, a uh, hookup to glue onto it where you can hook a water hose on it. Oh, okay. And basically jet that underneath the sidewalk. And you can just leave it there and hook your hoses up to it. You can use three-quarter inch as well. It doesn't matter. Uh, or okay. you can slide the you, – you really don't want to put the soaker hose itself under the sidewalk because it'll kind of swell it up too much in that area sometimes. Uh-huh. So you just jet the pipe through there, hook, hook uh, connections on it to where you can uh, hook the soaker hose up to it, and that just lets okay. the water continue on. Okay. Uh, you make it sound simple, so we're going we're to – Well, I don't have that. to do it, so that makes it real simple. <laughs> Well, my wife's going to do it, and I'll sign Oh! <laughs> okay, thank you. You bet. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah, it really isn't difficult. In fact, uh, it, it, I've seen it at the box stores every once in a while where they have a kit to hook on to those uh, PVC pipes for, for uh, just doing that. So uh, you maybe can even find that and hook it up that way. Kevin and Garland sent in a question. I need a contractor to give me an estimate that State Farm will approve the repair in detail or line item by line item. A driver fell asleep at the wheel and jumped the curb. The drive driver drove through the front yard next door, missed two cars, parked on the street, and ended up hitting our house. 
I need approximately six bricks replaced. Have the spare brick on hand. You know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm thinking you must need some other work done other than just the six brick because if that's all it is, they ought to be just taking a picture and sending you a check for that. Um, but typically what the insurance companies are looking for is there's a program called uh, Xactimate. Uh, it, it's basically what the adjusters use to do bids on projects like this. And they automatically accept those bids. Now, why they're not sending an adjuster out to take a look at this, I'm not sure because that's truly what should be happening. You shouldn't have to be going out and, and gathering bids. They ought to be sending an adjuster out to look at the problem and give a bid that way. And uh, I tell you, I know I've got to take a quick break here, but when we come back, I had a similar situation happen at a, a house I had in Pasadena. And I'll tell you, when we come back, I'll, I'll give you the story of what I ended up doing when a car hit my house on New Year's Eve one year. I was going to tell you real quick about a, a New Year's Eve incident I had. This this goes, this is way back. And you've heard me talk about the house where I did an addition on the back and moved my kitchen and put tile across the joint where I did the addition. Well, that was something I had in the works to start anyways. New Year's Eve, I hear a screech, I hear a bang, my house shook, grab the baseball bat and go outside because I knew somebody had hit the house and I wasn't going to let them take off. And uh, that was better than grabbing the gun. And uh, anyways, I get out there, the drunk came around the corner, hit both my vehicles in the driveway, run into the house, into the garage, and uh, moved some of the studs tore up the brick well this was white brick you couldn't find that matching brick and so what the insurance company ended up having to do because they have the uh, responsibility to build it back the way it was this was not a matchable brick so they were going to have to replace the brick on the entire house because there wasn't brick available and i was fortunate enough to be able to say hey that's fine they ran it through the system wrote me a check that's money i used to put the addition on i rebuilt the stud wall myself had a brick mason come out and take the brick off the back where i put the addition and moved it to the front so all the bricks still matched i still had the, the same old brick but i had a nice new addition on the house with the kitchen and sitting area so you know you got to work with the insurance companies a little bit but don't back off if you think you have something coming make sure you go for it hello mary Hello, I'm a long-time listener calling about a tile replacement in a shower. Yes, ma'am. And uh, besides a recommendation, want to know what would we need to look for as far as what he should do, you know, backing or whatever. What is What kind of work that... Okay, this is a, an existing shower, I'm assuming. That's correct. How old a home? 30-plus uh, years. Okay, so more than likely, they put the tile over sheetrock in that then. And so the old tile needs to come off. The sheetrock that's behind the tile needs to come off. Because the even though builders do this all the time, the sheetrock is not designed to be in a wet area that way. Okay. Uh, it needs to be a concrete backer board. And concrete then they can put the board. tile over that. Concrete backer board. Yes, ma'am. And uh, do you know, would they be able to do it halfway up? It's only 
like, you know, waste down that really needs to be replaced? Do you know if that's possible or they need to do the whole shower? Well, the big problem's going to be they won't be able to match the tile unless you have it. Okay, that wouldn't be a problem to my eyes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and if that's the case, yes, they can do it halfway because why Why is it having to be replaced? Uh, an accident, let's say, that broke through the wall. <laughs> and now we have a uh, hole in the shower. It's like a seating area. Yep. And that, that's broken through. Okay. Uh, then, yes, they can do halfway up. My guess is once they get into it, they're going to find they're going to need to go the rest of the way. Okay. And do you have a company that you would recommend in our area? Let's see. You're in Hearst. Correct. You know, right, right over there on uh, on 183, going through there yep. is a, a floor and decor store. Floor and decor. Stop in there, and they have contractors who are local. Okay. Th uh, for doing tile work. Okay. All right. Thank you. I love your show. Long-time listener, as I said. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. And again, our number, 214-787-1080. And, and talking about those showers real quick, you know, uh, it, it's typically what they have been doing is they'll use the moisture rock, the green rock or blue sheet rock, around the shower and tub surround and then they put regular sheetrock in the rest of the bathroom and the rest of the house. The green rock or the moisture rock, whether it's green or blue or whatever, wasn't designed to do that. It's designed to be in the bathroom. And then where the tile areas are around the bathtub and the shower is supposed to be a concrete backer board. And unfortunately, builders a lot of times don't do that. And that's not one of the things that's on the inspection list uh, as far as permitting and cities checking out how it's being put together so you know if you're having tile installed around a shower or a bathtub always make sure that they're using a concrete backer board and the reason for that moisture will go through the grout lines and get onto the sheetrock behind and over time it softens the sheetrock and the tile will come loose the boards behind will start to rot and it just becomes a, a big problem. The concrete backer board, you don't have that issue. It, it won't start to rot and deteriorate and cause the two-bys to rot and such as well. So just a little tidbit of information there. Let's head to South Lake. Hello, Mark. Oh, hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Hey, I've got a, um, on my, I've got a, uh, a single car garage and then a, a double car garage and the brick is starting to sag kind of in the middle of uh, both of those garages i can i'm starting to see a little crack in some of the mortar yeah and in the, in the uh, above the corners of the overhead door correct yeah, yeah. What, what what's failing I, I see some steel that kind of goes it looks like a steel bar that kind of goes underneath it is that yep. failing or is there a header on the inside that's failing or something both They're, they put oh. a header in there and then they put a steel lentil in there, and they're always undersized. I don't know why they do it, but it's always undersized. And that's what it'd be so simple when they're building to to make it where it wouldn't do that. But you know, uh, so what's, what's the what's the process? Is all that brick have to come out? And uh, no, it, it actually can be done from the inside. 
uh, you know, you can, there's a couple ways of dealing with it. One is to actually put a post in the middle, jack it back up, take the sheetrock off on the inside, and put a steel plate on the uh, header that's up there. And that just stiffens it up to where it won't sag again. Uh, they also now have some systems out there, and I have personally not used one, but I have looked at them, that uh, they actually put some posts on the inside on, on, on the overhead door and run something across the top, similar to what I was just de- describing. It looks like a whole lot more work to me than needs to be. I, so I've always just gone with the steel plate in the on the header. Okay, so a garage door would come off, sheetrock down, and then they'd come in and just basically put a plate right on, over the top of the of the wood beam. Correct. Got it. Okay, that's you, you got now. Obviously, you got to jack that beam up first. But yeah, right. Yeah, right. And and that and that takes care of it then. Oh, wow, that's much easier. I thought I was going to take all this brick off and, and all that. Okay, good. Excellent. Uh, do you have, I guess, you have anybody that, could, that I could call on that? Huh. Would that be like a, like a framer or, or uh, what, I don't even, what, what trade would that be? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not any single trade that, uh, that I'm aware of. Typically, it's got to be somebody who's kind of a, a, a contractor willing to do multiple things. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.